0: here with my friend, Mike Peck. Yeah, Mike is yeah, a good friend of mine. You've had some unusual experiences in your life. The one thing that makes your story a little unique is you were in the U.S. military um, for some time before you became saved. What motivated you to even join the U.S.
1: Army? I would have grown up in the Protestant church. There's still that patriotism there. And so I sort of grew up that when my dad was in the military, my mom was actually in the military for a short while, Um, and pretty much my grandfather's, you know, had served. And so it was just, it was sort of something that you do, but I had a sort of a lot of influences, such as like video games and and movies that I watched, Mm -hmm. sort of influenced that, um, the glory of it all. I guess you could say.
0: And how old were you when you joined?
1: Um. Well, I would have been 20 when I joined. Give us some details on
0: that. Like, like where were you stationed? What was your position? Um. What kind of? How long were you in the army?
1: I... It's actually funny. Like, my dad was uh, medical in the Navy, and so my mom would have been medical. They were both corpsmen. I had just assumed I would never be in the military, and so I just. I don't know, I just didn't think it would ever happen. Hmm. And it came to a point where just sort of my work wasn't really going anywhere. My dad was about to retire. We were stuck in Hawaii. And Hmm. um, so I just started to look into it. And I took what they call the ASVAB, which is a test that sort of places you, or they they sort of evaluate where you would be best in the military. Hmm. And I had sort of scored high enough to do um, many different jobs. But because of just sort of the, the glory that I saw in being the foot soldier and, and all the movies and, like I said, the games that I had played of just where you're on the front lines and you're just, you know, facing the action, I decided to go in the infantry.
0: I'm really curious, though, like, because you're an infantryman, mm-hmm. what were you taught about killing, about facing the enemy, and how did that affect you?
1: I, I remember struggling with that a little bit because of this, love your neighbor, and that was one thing, and thou shalt not kill, and and certain things so like wait, that. Wait, so, so you, you would still, at this point, like,
0: I'm still a Christian, but yeah, <laughs> but yet I'm a, you know, an infantryman. Yeah, like, yeah. Th- th- didn't you feel any kind of contradiction? That's, or, yeah, like, that's the thing, it's like, I would go, I know, and, I would go you know. and shoot in training,
1: and I went along with it, but then at night, it was sort of like this wrestling. I always remember sitting in my bunk, just sort of thinking about like, okay, what well, mm-hmm. they're saying this is right, But for some reason, like, is it? Like, why isn't it fully matching up with what I'm reading in scripture?
0: So tell us about where you were deployed to, how many times, and and also, like, what year would have this been at at, at this point?
1: Uh, I first would have been deployed in Iraq. And that would have been a year-long deployment. And that would have been in 2000, I want to say 2010 to 2011. Our mission was more to what they called wind in the hearts and minds. You know, we had come through there and destroyed so much. So now we were trying to rebuild and sort of help them get back on their own feet. And that was one of the big things. So I didn't necessarily see much of the firefights, but I had done that for a year and saw a few things. But it's interesting, like once you're trained, you're sort of trained so much for that, that it becomes every day. It, mm-hmm. it It's sort of hard to explain it, but there was a sense where you would wake up in the morning and you would look up and you say, today's a great day to die." Wow. And do yeah, you actually that? Well, yeah, like there's a sense where you you do start sort of I mean, part of it is you have to let go of the fear, otherwise the mission's not going to get complete. Mm-hmm. But you start to become you have all these brothers with you who sort of are saying the same things and believing the same things that it just sort of becomes ingrained in you.
0: Okay, so, so after that year in Iraq, what, what
1: then? After that year, we, we came back and you're, um, you, know, you pretty much just come back for however long until you get orders again. They usually have a time frame, I think, for about six months to a year where they just sort of let you, you know, recuperate and, and before the training starts right back up again. And it did for us. And I think within a year, we were um, ready to go to Afghanistan. That was a whole different... Uh, a whole different um, war zone. Um, Iraq was a lot of mortars, whereas Afghanistan was more sort of uh, firefights. It was sort of, Iraq was sort of like Afghanistan where it was sort of like winding down to the point, like our main mission there was to sort of help the Afghanistan police to be able to work on their own. So that way we could ship out and that they could still, you know, function in in enforcing the law in their own uh, country. Did you see action? Uh, yes, I had seen not a lot of direct action in Iraq, but in Afghanistan, we would have seen a little bit more just sort of casualties, a lot of mm. a lot of more innocent casualties. There's no thrill like getting shot at wow. once the adrenaline kicks in and you've been trained to do all these different maneuvers and everything, and it works. Your muscle memory kicks in, and you just act without even thinking. So now the
0: question is, how did you go from firefights in Afghanistan to, first of all, becoming a Christian, and then from that, becoming non-resistant and, and now conservative mm-hmm. and Baptist? Like, what, what's the story there?
1: When I was in the military, you had this belief, like I said before, that like, tomorrow you were gonna die, so you lived up today. And so there was a lot of just drugs, there was a lot of partying, there was a lot of alcohol. You just sort of lived for that day. And yet, at the same time, I would have professed still that I was a Christian and I would have believed that the Lord was um, watching over me in the battlefield. Very, very thankful that the Lord, um, one, didn't ever put me in the position to take another man's life, Mm -hmm. uh, but two, that I I was able to live through all that. and. be where I am now, but it was Afghanistan that I would have sort of had my change of heart and and sort of started to reevaluate everything that I had believed. So we were close to um, coming home. My position at that point was I was just pretty much pulling security. Um, Officers and other leaders, civilians who were contracted out to do certain jobs there, um, would come to this little hut, I guess, and they would sign off and sort of take one of us to provide security for them. Okay. Since we were the combatants, you know, it was, it was our job to sort of go with them and make sure they, were, they weren't doing anything um, that would put them in harm's way or be there in case something did happen. We were going to get ready to leave And I remember talking to this photographer, this combat photographer, who was just always around. If we were there pulling security, then she was probably there taking pictures of of whatever was happening. And uh, we had said hi to her, and she said, oh, you know, I'm going out to, to take photos of this training. And, you know, we just went, okay, you know, an average day. We had went and pulled security for some aircraft um, contractor. And next thing you know, we hear this explosion. And that was sort of, I mean, you always hear explosions. And so I get up and I go out to just sort of make sure, just see what's happening. And, you know, there's a big plume of smoke, but again, it was sort of happens all the time. So within the next hour, we pack up and we start heading back um, from that job. And as soon as I get back, uh, people are, are running around frantic and yelling. Nothing had happened there, and i no one was giving me any information. And we just knew, after a few minutes, that something had happened to one of our soldiers. And we didn't know who it was. And a few minutes later, we see this truck pulling in, and it was going at full speed and just hits the brakes and right next to us. He opens the door and this body just falls out, just limp. And I knew the moment I saw just, I saw that that the person had passed. And sure enough, it was the woman we had talked to, the photographer that we had talked to. And so we get her out of the truck, we get her ready and and they start performing CPR. And we're calling in the helicopter, waiting for it to show up. Finally it showed up and we um, put her up into the helicopter. We knew she was gone. but it, that, that changed me in the sense that we were a few months from going home. She had just talked to her husband and her daughter, her only daughter, and just about how happy she was and how happy they were. They, they just couldn't wait. We were a few months from leaving. And it was just all those things just sort of hit me. And I started to just sort of think back and say, how could this be something that Christ would want? And I had struggled with that for a long time, and I couldn't tell any of my brothers because if you start showing any signs of weakness, or if you even give a hint that you're not going to back them up in a firefight, it's, that's trouble. So finally I broke, and I had talked to my dad, who had retired from the Navy, and I, didn't, I assumed he was still patriotic, and so even talking to him was a little scary. Well, at that time, he had been going through his own journey and, and, and discovered non-resistance and sort of ran into Anabaptists, and that's where he would have learned listening to Dean Taylor. I had sort of just told him everything, everything I was feeling. This just doesn't seem right. And to my surprise, he said, oh, hey, well, guess what? Here's the journey that I'm on. No way. And he started giving me all this stuff. And I'll tell you the biggest thing for me was this idea and concept. And it's so mind-blowing, but it's just reading the Bible for what it says. For me, the churches that I had gone to, it was sort of you would bring your Bible with you, and sometimes you wouldn't even open it, and you'd just look up at the projector. And the pastor would put you know uh, some scripture on, but he would tell you what it means. And so I guess I sort of got used to that, always trying to find a translation for what I was reading, as opposed to just reading it for what it said. And just that concept opened my eyes. To think that thou shalt not kill means thou shalt not kill was just sort of mind blowing (laughs) for me. But another thing was, was it was so freeing. Right there while I was in Afghanistan, I had, I remember got down on my knees and, and sort of rededicated my life to Christ. And the most interesting thing was shortly after that, we had to give up all of our weapons because we have to get back to the States at the same time all of our weapons do. Well, they go by ship. So it takes a lot longer for them to get back. So it was so great that I was so terrified of how am I going to do this. Here I am in a war zone. My job is to kill people and now I've had a change of heart. It was taken out of my hands. I didn't have to worry about it. So
0: there's a couple of questions, obviously. like, What did, did, did your fellow soldiers find out about these beliefs? Did your commanding officers um, and just with all of that, what were the challenges you faced? I mean, you were in yeah. Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you're, and you're reading scripture and it says, love your enemies, like that's very... Um, yeah, US military is probably not going to be too happy about that. What, what happened?
1: Well, like I said, I had pretty much kept it in a sense to myself as opposed okay. to my, my parents. But when we did get back and I was out of the war zone and I had nothing to you know, worry about in that sense, my contract was coming to an end. I had six months left. As when I started to tell people, because I had assumed they're okay. Well, I'm gonna get out of this, go home, and just sort of go into the Anabaptist church. Telling my my friends that, they just they thought I'd lost it. I think um, obviously they poked fun. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, that brand of that band of brothers, we always want what's best for them, mm-hmm. you know, for each other. With my friends, no, it wasn't too bad. And of course, my family had already. Um, made this uh, switch, I guess, or become, join the Anabaptist Church. So, so let's bring it home to
0: something a little more practical. What would you say to someone who's, who's in the military or thinking of joining the military or maybe even know someone in the military? What would you say to them who, who's maybe struggling <laughs> with some of this? Um, what's your advice?
1: So I, I guess for someone who's in already, I'd have to say just sort of look at, look at what you're doing and are you really able to do what you're doing to the glory of God? Um, for those who are thinking about it, <sighs> you, you see so much glory. Like there is like, you watch movies and you see all this stuff of, you know, these war heroes and but there's a lot of people who you could really sit down and talk to, especially if you're thinking about going combat, mm-hmm. that could tell you some stories and, and you you, Even now there's times where a noise will sort of bring back sort of that PTSD. It's pretty crippling sometimes. And so it's just sort of like, is it all worth that? Wow, well, thank you for sharing your story
0: and your journey, um, some of the things you learned along the way. And thank you everyone for watching. And if you have any questions for Mike, Put them in the comments below. Maybe I'll email them to him and he can give a response. We can even maybe do a follow up video. I'm really curious what the response will be to what you shared. So if you like what you saw, we have new episodes each week. And uh, yeah, come back for more content like this. And we will see you.